welcome back to part two of this chat with Jonathan Steedman, nutritionist and founder of Bite Me Nutrition. Let's dive in. Okay, so you often adopt an anti-marketing approach to your videos, and I'm a huge fan of this tactic, but I do struggle to explain anti-marketing or define it. Do you want to have a crack? It's kind of breaking the fourth wall of marketing, Mm. I guess, you know, sort of turning the camera back on marketing itself. That's sort of honest marketing. I don't know if that's... (laughs) Yeah, I actually wasn't familiar with that term um, until we we connected. And yeah, I like it. It's, it's a good one. And that's kind of how I would define it, I think. Yeah. So self-deprecating, transparent, sort of the opposite, the kind of reverse of marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Tough. I think just being open and honest with your intentions as well sometimes. Like I think we're constantly getting sold to and we kind of have become a bit wise to it and so I think it's better to rather than to try and get craftier and craftier about your sales I'm not smart enough to do that so I just decided to you know just be open and honest about hey this is who we are obviously we'd love for you to when my scenario book in maybe for someone else may hey yeah we'd love to sell you this thing you know here's here's what we're about and let us know if we can help you know rather than sort of a wonderfully crafted ad campaign, which I wish I could do with the funnel and all of those other words I don't really understand, but I'm sure that system works really well as well, but it's too too big for my tiny brain. Hardly. So why do you think anti-marketing campaigns work so well? I think you build trust like right off the bat, right? Because everyone already knows what's going on. They know that it is marketing. They know that you're trying, not you're almost not even trying to sell something. It's almost the opposite. I think it's the like, hey, we got this cool thing. We're here if you want us. And that I think is quite different to getting retargeted five times on Facebook by like, buy, 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 buy. So I think it's a little bit less, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Aggressive almost, a little less. Um, it provides a bit more space for the lead if you use that terminology to kind of come across you, get to know you in their own time and in their own space, follow your content, understand your voice. And then they feel like, oh, and then I'm going to decide to purchase rather than I kind of feel like I got maneuvered into purchasing. So I think it's it, it can feel and often is a lot more organic. Mm, so good. Very true. The reasons why I love it so much is that it's cheeky. Often, and in your case, it uses that contrarian sort of take. So you throw a lot of shade on other nutritionists, but you never name and shame. You just, you know, you talk about them as a group, but you never single anyone else. Shoot the message, not the messenger. That's what I try try to do. <laughs> I love that. I, I have the same. It's like in my anti-marketing video, I say, say no to crap marketing. I don't say, say no to crap marketers. It's the marketing. I want your marketing to Mm. be better. The marketer can be taught to create better marketing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it's less, and it's, it's, it's easy to fall into that trap of attacking the, a person, but I don't think it can be fun, but it's not positive and it's not good. And it's yeah, better to go, look, this is the message or this is the, the thing that's not good enough. Let's attack that. And what's really great about that is that it lets the audience decide where you are really going, hey, it's this or that, choose. And you are really 
making it very clear for them about what their choices are and like providing a very clear set of options and choices for them and that compare and contrast, which just, as you said, creates that path in the woods for the lead or the user should they wish to take it. Like that's really what marketing is, is that just like getting all the stuff out of the way and clearing that path so that they can progress through the customer journey or the marketing funnel, whatever terminology you like (laughs) to use, in order to solve the problem or meet the need that they have. It just makes it really simple. Like here are your two choices. And so I think it's a really clever marketing approach because it doesn't beat around the bush. It's just like, here it is, compare the pair. Take it or leave it. (laughs) Totally. All right. So what else is in your marketing mix? You mentioned branding. Obviously, we have the videos. You have videos that are for brand awareness, but then you also have videos for the onboarding process. What else forms part of your marketing mix? I have a podcast, um, which goes up supposed to be fortnightly, but definitely do not hold me to that. I'm doing okay. I think I'm averaging every three weeks. So, and again, that's just information. It's not specifically designed as the selling point. Again, it's just that positioning, right? So that's probably one of my favorite things to do at the moment. It's a bloody labor of love. They're a lot of work, aren't they? Mm -hmm. But it's great. I really enjoy, I really enjoy that. I've got blogs, which I guess is still falls back into the website. I do have an email list, which is very, very neglected. And I do apologize for that email list. And it is on my list of things uh, to to kick off because I think you maybe mentioned it before, but you know, I'm a little bit nervous about social media not being mine, whereas the website is mine and the email list is mine. So making sure that I'm also sort of growing that. But yeah, that would be the, the main sort of mixes from a overt marketing perspective, lots of bright colors, lots of um, you know, and then there's refer and nurturing and all that extra kind of stuff. But yeah, probably the the main pillars would be social media, well, not even social media, just specifically Instagram, a website and podcast. Yeah, I signed up for your email list and I haven't received an email. And Well, look, I, I could be spamming you a few times per day. So like, it's not that at least, right? <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> just, just like... I know I'm not here to like teach you marketing, but (laughs) but if I could, email marketing has delivered the best return on investment for 10 years in a row for marketing. It's honestly where I make most of my money and especially for you because your content is so good. You could be repurposing your blogs and your podcast for your emails. It's just such low hanging fruit, dude. It's like, you can't see, there's a whiteboard here. I'm in my home office. There's a whiteboard here. And like one of the things is email marketing. Like it's going to be called a la carte because it's going to be set out like a menu. So you'll have like an entree, yes. a main and a dessert. So it's, it's, it is not just a, a whim or a fancy. It's, it's coming along with everything else. <laughs> well, I mean, when you're a solopreneur and a marketing team of one and also the business development manager and also the cook and the cleaner <laughs> and all of that, yeah, <laughs> then, you know, strategies about choices. It's just as much about what you decide you don't do as what you do do. And I feel like you've gone and invested definitely in the right places up until now, which is really striking, memorable branding. The podcast is great because it's long form content. Like for your industry, 
you can't communicate the details about good nutrition in a micro moment that social media allows, where that podcast allows you to literally get into the ears of your potential customers and explore a topic in more depth, in more detail. And that's really important because this is not a small purchase decision about choosing to work with a nutritionist. So I I definitely think that you've made the right choices. But if there was a next thing on the list, I would say just take that email marketing and just put it all the way to the top. (laughs) Yeah, I have I've invested in something else recently which I probably should not, and I might pivot and focus on the email marketing instead. That's a good, there you go. Well, you have to tell That's us what that is now. Oh, just Facebook ads, like a, like okay, just okay. sort of going down that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. That's one channel that I've, I've started investigating a little, but I hate it. Um, so maybe I'll do email marketing instead. Are you doing it yourself? The Facebook ads? For now, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like building a script, building, you know, the and A-B testing and doing all of that to, to I'm at a point where I'm comfortable definitely handing it off to someone else. Yeah, I think Facebook ads manager is the lowest form of misery. It's garbage. Like mm-hmm. the help don't, yeah. Anyway, that's my <laughs> blood pressure's already rising. Gut Marketing is brought to you by Campaign Del Mar a marketing education platform for entrepreneurs. Master the fundamentals of marketing, nail your email marketing strategy, or join my signature program, Campaign Classroom, and learn how to create killer marketing campaigns. These are not the kind of online programs where you are left floundering, unsure how to put theory into practice. Nor will these programs sit unfinished for months. You can expect accountability, a supportive community, and to walk away with practical, real-world marketing skills. Learn more at campaigndelmar.com. So why Instagram? Why did you choose Instagram as your primary social media channel? Because looking at your content, which is very video first, you could be on TikTok, you could be on YouTube, even like LinkedIn for you going after you know, professionals who sit at their desk all day and have terrible diets. Why Instagram? I just got bullied into it by a friend of mine who was really into social media. Well, not really into, she runs a social media marketing agency. And so five, six years ago, she was like, why are you not on Instagram? I was like, I don't want to just post. That's when it was just, well, it's still just pictures of food really. But anyhow, I just sort of got onto it. And that was the, the thing. I get obsessed with stuff. And so having multiple channels scares me a little. Uh, No, it doesn't. It scares me a lot. Uh, I do have a TikTok. It has two videos on there that I ripped off from my Instagram. I don't think I have a YouTube. I think if I had endless time, YouTube would be the next place I'd really like to explore because I really enjoy video, putting it together, producing it, doing it, all of that side of things. So I, I do feel like YouTube would be great plus what it's like the second biggest search engine right so that would be a good one to to be on linkedin is uh something that i think i've dismissed as being too stuffy and corporate but you're right there's a huge market there who need nutrition information so to actually answer your question instagram kind of just happened and i've just sort of stayed there through all of the algorithm changes where they can't figure out whether they're tiktok or whether they're youtube or whether they're tumblr or what i don't even know i don't think they know who they want to be but i don't know it's just an app that i know and that i understand and i have a reasonable following on there now so that's a fun place for me to hang out but i do need to no 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 i need to do email marketing next stop trying to tempt me 
come on. Yeah, yeah. Don't let me fool you into believing that my question oh, was that, yeah. that you needed to be on more social media ch- channels. It's actually the opposite. Cool, cool. I actually right. think that choosing one primary social media channel and going all in is actually the better strategy because otherwise you spread yourself too thin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, it's a trick question. Oh, good, good. <laughs> also, what you said earlier is that 90% of your audience are female, right? And females love Instagram and same, same with my audience, whereas LinkedIn has more men than women actually. I think your friend who runs the social media agency might be onto <laughs> She knows something. what she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think like a lot of, and it's not groundbreaking or earth shattering or anything. I think a lot of my decisions around marketing and what platform I'm engaged in and the copy that I write and stuff is just like, do I enjoy it? And do I like it? And if I do, then it sounds so self-serving. But if I read through a caption and I get a nose laugh out of myself, my, yeah, cool. That's good to go. That's, you know, do I, I don't enjoy TikTok. I got on there and it hurts my brain. It makes me feel old. And so I know that that would just suck all the creativity out of me. And, and probably the people that I would resonate with aren't on there either, you know, aren't on there in any great capacity. So I feel like if I just keep doing the things that I enjoy, which again, very self-serving, but it ends up attracting the people that like what you do because if you like what you do other people are going to kind of you know build it and they will come right rather than trying to to, to be everywhere all at once so i think that's that's the other reason i'm on instagram more than anywhere else just because it's the app that i like using the most <laughs> but that is like it, it's so rational because you can't get blood out of stone and so if you genuinely enjoy something and you're good at it then that's where the energy and the blood will flow so absolutely this is I say this all the time like don't let anyone else tell you what you should be doing because it depends like it depends on your skill set where your strengths lie, your budget, your industry, your niche, like all of it should be fit for purpose. None of it can be templated because I'm a writer. I like writing and the whole video editing and those sleek transitions on reels, they scare the absolute bejesus out of me. And whereas I know that I can move people with my words. And so it's like, shouldn't I be focusing on channels and platforms like email marketing, like blogging, like podcasting, where I can use words because that is my zone of genius. So I definitely think you should be playing to your strengths. Plus it's easier, right? (laughs) Like it's, you get better results and it comes easier. So to circle back to what we were saying right back at the beginning, there's there's still going to be parts of, you know, sitting down to write a blog, I'm sure is still work when you hit that third paragraph and you've can't find that next thing or you know the actual planning of the podcast like even if it is your genius it's still there's still aspects of it that are the the dirt the the nitty-gritty but overall yeah it's gonna feel a lot better and come a lot easier if you're doing if you're playing to your strengths yeah look jano you've said pivot and circle back in this podcast if you i should be on linkedin yeah if you say unprecedented (laughs) i'm pulling the freaking cord all right i'm just telling you that inundated uh (laughs) fair fair sorry sorry (laughs) all right one final question it's a biggie sorry i think video marketing is unavoidable and inevitable and i just feel like Mm. exactly what i said at the beginning of the intro of this podcast that it is 
what people want and you've got to give the people what they want. So I would just love to hear from you about how you go about it. Like what are the steps in your creative process? Any sort of tips or words of wisdom to help any of the listeners to be able to create their own videos would be awesome. Ooh, do you mean like equipment tips or like coming up with the content or yes, all of the above? Yeah, all of the above. Like, yeah, from storyboarding it to actually filming it to editing it. Yeah. Yeah, always have a note in your phone where you dump ideas, no matter how terrible they sound. And I like to dump an idea and then leave it for a while. I'll either come up with the idea and film it that day or I will come up with an idea and film it in three months <laughs> because I'll have that list of ideas to go back through and there might be like 50, you know, one-liners on there and they might, 48 of them might suck. But, you know, if I'm just scrolling through, one of them will jump out and that's that spark and, and sort of away you go. So kind of always being on the lookout for that. A tip that's worked really, really well for me is get involved in creativity elsewhere. So, you know, I read a ton of fiction. I listen to a ton of music. I've got a music background. Like I've, I've been creative in those fields and whilst obviously wasn't very good at them, but that has just helped exercise. Like creativity is a bit of a muscle and it also helps, I think, to step outside your industry. I think a lot of people try and get ideas from other people's content in their field and that can work but it also can just be overwhelming and stifling so I think yeah a really big tip which has helped me is engage with creative pursuits or other forms of art outside of of what you're doing in terms of the actual structure of, of filming a video you can do it on your smartphone so there's no excuse for that right like everything shoots in 4k or 1632k wherever we're up to at the moment i would definitely invest in a rode lav microphone or the wireless go microphones with the, the lavalier microphone i do think sound is a very overlooked or underappreciated part of a video and it's pretty easy to get good video if you've got a window right get some natural light diffused through a window set your phone up that's easy but sound really elevates that video and distinguishes it. I think it's like when people get their eyebrows done and no one notices that you got your eyebrows done until you don't get your eyebrows done, right? <laughs> like no one goes, she's got great eyebrows. But if someone doesn't have good eyebrows, you notice. And I think sound is like that in the video. You don't necessarily go, this video sounds great. But if it sounds crap, you know about it. So the, yeah, like that's probably the biggest investment of money into video because I think the lavalier is about 90 bucks and the road wireless go, which I would actually super recommend because it means that I'm not plugged into my phone, but it transmits the uh, recording wirelessly. That's about 300 bucks, but the best money I spent for, for video editing. I've done almost all my videos with that. The actual online videos, we had the whole, the road, um, the shotgun, you know, it was, it was a full thing, but for everything else, that little setup kills everything. And in terms of editing, I use Premiere just because that's what I've used for ages, but that's massively overkill for what I do. And you can snip that up on iMovie, which you know is on every Mac device. Um, and that will do almost everything that you need. So there's really, unfortunately, there's really no excuse. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to put the links for those two microphones into the show notes. And I have to say that you are the like the master of visual analogies. I've noticed this in your content, like you're <laughs> so you. good. And I think that this is a really powerful marketing tactic and we could do a whole other podcast episode on this, but the the idea of explaining something 
by using that visual analogy. Like that eyebrows one is awesome. So awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I think it comes from like dietetics. That's a big part of it, right? I have to break down very complex scientific mechanisms and things that people don't care about, but they still want to get a bit of an understanding of what's happening. So you do need to be able to, you know, simplify things. And I've just find, yeah, analogies are the, the easiest way to do that. Oh, it's so good. Very, very engaging to take something that's a bit dry and a bit boring and to... Like... No, it's what are you talking about? Nutrition science is Sorry. extremely exciting. <laughs> no, no it's, it can be dry. <laughs> oh, it has been such a pleasure, Jono. Could you let us know about the podcast so that people can go over and listen to that? Totally. Uh, it's called Bite Me might be bite me nutrition i don't even know if i've got around to changing it but if you type in bite me nutrition into your podcast player of choice it will be there it's a big pink square you can't miss it otherwise you can also go via the website the www.bitemenutrition.com.au there's a podcast page there with all the show notes and transcriptions and then also that launches all of your podcast players so i think start at the website and you can pick your poison amazing thank you so much such a pleasure Oh, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. You listened right up until the end. So why not hit that subscribe button and keep the good marketing rolling? Podcast reviews are like warm hugs and they're also the best way to support a small business. You can connect with me, Mia Fileman, on Instagram or LinkedIn and feel free to send me a message. I'm super friendly.